Do you want to find solutions that help teams make better decisions, solve problems faster and free their creative minds to come up with smarter solutions? There's a workshop for that. Bonjour, I'm Nati Ravez and I'm delighted to welcome to this show facilitators and experts who share their knowledge and experience of everything you need to know in the world of facilitation, giving you tips and tools for leading groups, sparking collaboration and driving innovation. Thank you for tuning in and let's go! Hello everyone, I hope you're all doing well. It's October in the south of Germany, it means that the days are getting colder and colder. So I'm very happy to release an episode that has been recorded during the summer with my friend Sandra Preza, who visited me in the south of Germany. If you ever wanted to delve into the world of OKRs, objectives and key results, then you're in for a treat today. Sandra is OKR master, OKR coach and a workshop facilitator. She has an impressive track record. She's been the guiding light for countless of organizations, helping teams find clarity on their purpose, crystallize their goals and chart out actionable steps to achieve them. And she does it using the powerful OKR framework. Uh, she is a fan of it, you will hear it. So have a lot of fun, enjoy, and let's go. Hi, Sandy. Hi, Nati. <laughs> how are you? Good, how are you? Good, I'm so happy that you're visiting me today. Thanks for having me. You took a train to the morning at nine. Nine o'clock to come in at twelve in Karlsruhe. Yeah. And we just had a very nice lunch. That we did. And we decided let's do a podcast. Because why not? Because yeah, because why not? Yeah. Sandy, you are a OKR coach. You are helping teams with a lot of challenges they have. And we will talk about this. What is that, actually? Yes. But first, I would like to hear, what is your background? Mm -hmm. How did you come into facilitation? Because we know each other from, a, um, maybe I should tell, we know each other from a um, retreat we did together last year in Italy. True. Roomies. Room neighbors, yeah. actually. Yeah. So tell me, how did you came into facilitation? What is your background? How did you come to facilitation? Yeah, I'll try to keep it short-ish. Um, so once upon a time, <laughs> I studied tourism management. Okay. So uh, yeah, so my origin is in tourism. Well, I never really worked in tourism, tourism, uh, because my first job was at a flight search engine after uh, graduation and I did some online marketing for them. I did key account management for them. Um, they sold to a US based company and we grew a lot. Uh, so I um, helped develop the European team, went to Zurich a lot. Um, it became to corporate. So I went to another startup 
And I did basically the same thing for them um, in a, a smaller scale. And at that startup, we introduced OKRs at some point. That was 2016. And I took on the role of OKR master, which I'm going to tell about later, possibly. And uh, I always say that OKRs were my gateway drug, like the positive gateway drug to agility, to workshopping, to facilitation, to think and do things differently in the workplace. Mm -hmm. And that opened up like a whole new world for me. And then I decided my key account management days were over. So I had to go into that field of, you know, coaching, facilitation, training, consulting. I didn't really know what that meant or, or what that would look like, but I, um, like I optimized and automated my stuff that I did at work. So I made myself redundant, mm -hmm. left mm -hmm. in 2019. And then I took some time off. I developed further. Yeah. Um, like skills and coaching and facilitation. And then 2000, yeah, 2019, I started working as an OKR coach, as an OKR consultant. Um, first with, with a consultancy, and then I went freelance in 2021. Interesting. I didn't know that you're coming from the tourism management field. <laughs> Learning uh, new stuff every day. This is nice. And so you talk about OKRs. Mm. You are an OKR coach. What is OKR and what kind of problems do you solve with OKR? So OKRs is short for um, Objectives and Key Results, which mm -hmm. is, well, it, I think it started out as a method and a process in the 70s already. Uh, at Intel at the time and got brought to the broader masses by Google, I guess. So in 2013, there was this Google video um, and every company kind of went crazy and wanted to be as successful as Google and they only had to do OKRs. So um, this is how they, like this framework got popular yeah. um, outside of the Silicon Valley. And Objectives and Key Results is basically a framework which helps organizations to um, iterative, ir iteratively work on their strategy. Mm -hmm. So um, it's a framework to talk about goals, strategic themes, um, their vision, and how to um, how to bring that closer to reality. So that's basically uh, what OKRs help companies mm -hmm. with. So a lot of companies struggle with um, working on their future, right? They want to stay relevant for the customers in 10, 20, 50, 100 years. Um, the world is changing more quickly. It's more dynamic. It's more complex. So you cannot plan your strategy or plan your vision, right? Like do these steps in the next five years and then everything works out the way that we want. That's not the reality anymore, if it ever was, yeah. um, but a lot less. Like the, the future has gotten more complex or the present has gotten more complex in the past years. And so you need a different approach to work on your strategic goals. You need a different approach to 
try things out, being innovative, looking at what your customers need, what the market is like, what what the world looks like. And OKRs can help you with that, with a framework, with shorter cycles, a communication structure to talk about goals within teams and within the organization to create alignment towards the company vision. Okay, so this is a way of bringing the strategy set by the company into the teams? Yes. Nice. And what kind of teams do you help and how do you support them with OKRs? In which way mm. do you work with OKRs? Right. So there's different levels in the organization. So I work with um, the leadership team, right? Like leadership, C-level um, to... Well, bring them on the same page. What do they want to solve with OKRs? Like with any framework, OKRs is not not the purpose in of itself. It's always a means to an end. And yeah. I want to support the leadership team, like the persons who think it's a good idea to work with OKRs. They they noticed it. They got to know it from wherever source, and they want to introduce it to their company. Um, there's various approaches to OKRs, so I want to give them like an overview of what it means, what are the dynamics within the framework, what are the principles, what, um, what, what's the time invest. Mm -hmm. And this is what I work on with the leadership team um, because we need a commitment because it, working with OKRs changes the way we talk about goals or the way we talk about like performance measurement or whatever. Um, and it will trigger various changes within the organization and you can never predict where and when and how it comes up, but there will be changes that you need to address. Like it, it starts with um, autonomy of teams creating their own goals and ends with reflection of leadership roles. Like what, what does it mean to be a manager? Um, and so I help the leadership team understand that initially. Yeah. And teams within the organization, well, it varies. So um, of course, we want to look at um, customer value creation. So we want to create value for the customer. And um, when we pilot OKRs, it's always a good idea to um, pilot with teams that actually create customer value. Mm -hmm. So I wouldn't start with accounting, yeah. for example. It's a very important team and a very important department, but it's not directly linked to customer value. So I want to... Um, help teams creating customer value, see um, what's the overarching company strategy and vision and how that matches to what they see when they work with their customers, when they are working out, out there in the market and see what um, their customers need and what they want to try, offer them um, that plays into the company strategy. Okay. Interesting. And um, can you give us insights of the structure of uh, the workshops you give, for example, because you are working, you are using facilitation to run OKRs workshops um, with your customers. So right. how do you, is, is this one workshop? Is this a series of workshops? What's how you structure all your workshops to work with the clients, for example, the onboarding or the workshop day or right. the delivery. Yeah. So it's a process. So it's not a one-off workshop. Um, yeah. 
So I do have some onboarding. Um, I call them discovery workshops where I like sit together with the leadership team and, um, and decision makers within the organization. Uh, first of all, to determine whether OKRs is the right way to go for them. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, like I said earlier, like bringing them on the same page, like educating them what the principles are, what the framework looks like, and also reflecting with them, like within that discovery workshop, um, what the actual problem is that they want to solve. Um, and what they think OKRs can help them with. And, um, this is, this is basically a workshop that I kind of tailor. Mm -hmm. for the customer, but it always asks the same questions mm -hmm. um, or has the same structure. Like first, an educational part, then we look at the organization. Uh, what is their reason for wanting to work with OKRs? What's the problem they want to solve? Um, how can they as a leadership team influence the adoption of OKRs within the organization? Um, how can they support it? How can they prevent it? Um, what could a possible roadmap look like um, and all that. And then basically after this first workshop, um, the company or the leadership team of the company has a better idea of what OKRs mean for them. And they make the decision to either move forward or um, don't move forward. Yeah. Or move forward with other or with someone else. Yeah, yeah. Or other methods, maybe. maybe or other methods. Yeah. yeah, okay. Either with another consultant or with another method, or they decide to move forward with me with OKRs. Yeah. Um, and then we, the next step in the process would be like looking at what's already there within the organization. Like the starting point of the OKR framework is the vision and purpose statement mm -hmm. of an organization. Sometimes it's very, uh, compelling and already very much um, um, prevalent and there and visible in the organization and we don't need to you know tailor that mm -hmm. some organizations have you know like vision statements like in 10 years we want to have a market share of like 23.5 percent which is not very inspiring yeah um, to most people and we take time to craft a compelling vision and purpose statement um, and then we look at, well, basically we will reflect back to the steps that we defined in the discovery workshop, how they could move forward and set up a timeline, right? So, um, I want to, I want my clients to, um, develop the skills to run the OKR framework in their organization by themselves as soon as possible. So I train them early as possible, um, Remember when I said I took on the role as OKR master in my organization that I worked at? Um, I want to train people within the organization as early as possible to take on that role. Um, it's kind of like, well, similar to an agile coach or a scrum master, but yeah. just for OKR. So it's the coaching role. They, um, they are the process owners. They um, support the teams and the leadership uh, moving forward when my work comes to an end basically, yeah. or my engagement comes to an end. And I train them early on and I will have those OKR masters shadow me all the time um, throughout all the workshops that we do. So the next workshops would be 
um, OKR master training. Then we look at OKR architecture, right? Like what departments, what teams, what business units would be a good fit for an OKR pilot? Because we don't want to do like the big bang rollout, like starting tomorrow, everyone is working with OKRs. That's not working. So we want to, um, we want to start first with, with a small pilot, like one team, two teams, uh, one department, um, to, well, learn and see whether OKRs is actually solving the problem yeah. for them. Um, and so within the architecture workshop, we look at that, like who to approach, um, what levels do we need? Um, and then we move forward with um, a midterm goal planning. So we have the vision and purpose in place, which is very abstract, very far away. And we want to move it more towards our present, Yeah. right? So we focus on um, kind of a vision for the next 12 months, 12 to 18 months. Yeah. And see what, like, what do we want to have accomplished for the customer, right? Like what, what does the, what, what's different for the customer in a year, year and a half? We do that. And then uh, we um, go to OKR plannings with the teams. They look at the midterm goal. They look at, okay, like how can we contribute to that midterm goal during the next three to four months? Mm-hmm. We do that with the OKR planning. Um, and then we start into the OKR cycle, which is like three to four months long. And they have weekly check-ins, mm-hmm. which is like 15 minutes. I sometimes facilitate that in, in, in the beginning. Yeah. But usually I don't do that because 15 minutes is hard to fit in your calendar. You know? Yeah, yeah. Um, that's why I have the OKR masters shadow me and uh, I mentor them uh, from, from the beginning so they can take over that. And after, um, after the OKR cycle, we have an OKR review where we look like within the team, what, like, what's the degree of achievement that you have for your objectives and key results? Um, what can you learn from the process? What do you want to improve in the process? And then we have the OKR retrospective. It's basically a team retrospective where you only look at your own collaboration, your communication style, what's, what's working well and where could you improve? And then basically the cycle continues. Um, that's basically the, the basic structure. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I have um, workshops depending on what the organization needs. Maybe they need more training for the team members. Maybe they need another workshop to make their objectives and key results actually actionable. Yeah. I call that OKR to action. Yeah. Um, or from OKR to action workshop. Sometimes the OKR masters want more training and facilitation themselves. So I just see what, what the organization needs and, um, figure it, figure out a way to deliver that value to them. Yeah. And the, fa- the value I hear it here is that if you're training the person's inside the companies, it means that you're doing, I guess, one cycle with them and then they are able to to run it by them, themselves um, in the next 
cycle, so to say. Yeah, that's the plan. So I usually, I usually do two cycles with them. Yeah. So the first cycle, I facilitate all the workshops yeah. and they, so the OKR masters either shadow me or they are co-facilitators if they want. And in the second cycle, uh, we switch. So they are in the lead um, in the workshop facilitation and I shadow them yeah. um, or co-facilitate whatever they're more comfortable with. And we prepare every workshop together. We debrief every workshop together. And then in the third cycle, um, I'm basically out. Yeah. How long uh, is one cycle? Um, usually between three to four months. Okay. Okay. So it means that the companies, uh, this is something that you said from the beginning, the companies um, call you and then you have these discovery workshops and you explain them in this phase, everything that you just explained and tell them, yeah, it's for three or four months and yes. um, the teams uh, have to get the time also to do that. Exactly. Yeah. What kind of companies are you mostly helping? Is is this a kind of companies mm. or in a, a special field or? Honestly, no. Like there, are, I have clients from, I've had insurances. I've had media websites, pharma, marketing agencies, retail consultancies, automotive cargo like so yeah. many different like different sizes and industries and do you see common problems everywhere yes what kind of if you can give us two yeah or two, two or three. um so the problem or a challenge would be that the thing that i said earlier that there will be changes necessary within the organizational structure yeah um and the lack of commitment to work on those. Yeah. So people not wanting to lose power, especially middle management. Yeah. Um, and not, this is one, and first, like, not being clear on what problem they want to solve with OKRs. Yeah. So it's not clear within the organization Like, okay, why do we have to do this thing? Is it just a new hype or yeah? what is this? And what is the outcome actually? What yeah, what's, what's in it for me? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And do you see the problem that in, uh, in all these kind of companies that's very often the strategy is very far away from the operational teams? That, that there is a, a strategy, but that the strategy is not communicated in a way that each teams can recognize what is their value to fulfill this strategy because this is something that I observed very often but maybe yes. you have all other thoughts no no totally agree so um, I don't know what your experience is but my experience is this is when, when you talk to organizations and ask like, okay, like what's your strategy? Do we have a strategy? And they say, yes, of course. And present you with like a slide deck of a hundred, you know, PowerPoint slides with mostly generic um, uh, yeah, yeah. sentences. Yeah. And, and I don't think that they 
like I think they really try their best. But yeah, yeah, I think also it's uh, it's sometimes a lack of well understanding, urgency, um, and yeah, maybe just not taking the time to like really translate um, what they want towards the organization. So every organization wants to earn more money than spending, right? Um, but how, like, how to achieve that? Like, it's also a question of where do I place my bets? It's a, it's a question of hard choices to make, right? Like, strategy is not keeping all options open. Strategy is, you know, focusing on one way and saying no to another way. And then also reiterate, right? It's not like, okay, like I'm setting a strategy and I'm following and it for it. the next yeah. 20 years. Yeah. But yeah, like things change. And then sometimes sometimes you see, oh, okay, actually this wasn't 100% the right way to go. Let's reiterate. Yeah. Let's see what other options we can have. And um, yeah, making those decisions is hard. Yeah, it is. It is, but when once they have done this and um, and the strategy is really communicated, and maybe each each year a little bit looking over it and uh, transmit the changes to the teams. Once it's tackled, mm. and the teams know what it is about and what are their um, their value from their work into this strategy, then you have a complete other motivation for the people to work on it this is what i observed yeah exactly so i some like often i think it, it comes down to um are you familiar with daniel pink no and, oh he's a uh he's a great guy he uh he wrote the book drive mm -hmm. it's about um basically intrinsic motivation mm -hmm. um and there's a cool um youtube video ted talk that he had I think it's called the puzzle of motivation. And um, so it's basically the motivators that are still prevalent in, in organizations like bonuses, um, um, days off, days off, the, well, the company car. Well, I think that's not no longer very popular, but still, no. yeah, you get what I mean. You know, like this external motivators versus intrinsic motivation, right? Like every manager's dream. Um, yeah. intrinsically motivated team um, and he says that well there's a lot of you know like research about what motivates people and the external motivators like bonus payments come from an era where people like worked on the assembly line and did the same things over and over and over again and research actually shows that when, when it's only like a mechanical thing Right, like you're um, building, like you're constructing, building, you're making pens, whatever, mm -hmm. and you're making 50 pens a day. And they say, well, if you make like 75 pens, you will get more money. So you will figure out how to do the things faster. So you actually do uh, can make 75 pens. But once you Once you have to use your creativity and ideas and problem-solving skills, um, using that kind of motivator is actually um, harmful 
Yeah. Because it narrows your, um, your ideas and your thinking corridor, basically. Um, so Daniel Pink came up with like three factors that influence intrinsic motivation. That's purpose, right? I want to see the bigger picture. Like, where's our company going? What are we doing? Like, why do we even exist? What value do we bring to the customer? And what's my contribution to it? Right? Purpose. Um, autonomy. I want to be able to make choices, right? I want to be able to make decisions um, within a certain, well, frame. Like there's rules, but still in, within those rules, I can decide what to do. And I don't want to be micro micromanaged. Um, so autonomy, purpose and mastery, right? I want to, I want to grow. I want to develop. I want to tackle challenges that are un, like a hard nut to crack, but I want to, you know, like I want to hone my skills and develop further. So when you're an organization, you want to look at those three fields to, um, to make it more possible to have intrinsic motivation, motivated, intrinsically motivated people, um, you're doing a good job. Yeah. And when you look at OKRs, like the structure that it provides, you can see all those elements within the OKR framework. So autonomy, like teams developing their own strategic goals for themselves, right? Like nobody gives it to them. Um, purpose, like the higher, the overarching goals, the vision and purpose statement, and seeing through their objectives and key results, how they contribute to that and mastery, like they can, they can, like the team decides, um, how, like how high they aim with their goals. Do they want to stretch? Do they like really want to go for a moonshot or whatever? Um, they can decide, um, and that's why it's so powerful to to create intrinsic motivation within organizations. Wow. And um, if a facilitator would like to become more insights into OKR and how it works, what kind of books or what kind of trainings um, would you... Um, recommend? You recommend, yeah. Um, so, uh, they can talk to me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is a good point. <laughs> they can talk to me. Um, I mean, there's a lot of books out there for different purposes. I mean, I think the, the most famous is Measure What Matters by John Durr, mm -hmm. um, which is good to spark inspiration. But the way he describes the approach in his book is not very effective mm -hmm. um but there's various other books well in german language mm -hmm. um or um i think in english there's there's a there's a company in the uk that's called uh there be giants mm -hmm. um they have some good material um yeah but of course talk to me <laughs> Do you give some uh, some OKR course for facilitators? Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so I do. Uh, I offer uh, like introduction workshops mm -hmm. um, for well, 
I offer it for like in-house clients, but I also offer it like in an open format mm -hmm. um, to, yeah, to just get to know OKRs in like an hour, hour and a half with some theory input and then with a Q&A session. Yeah. And um, if people want to follow up with that, uh, I can either... Um, I can either help them myself or um, con um, get them in contact with other yeah. people. Yeah, I think I saw I saw a time long like OKR Cafe on uh, live sessions on Facebook on uh, LinkedIn. Oh yeah, um, uh, uh, with together with two buddies, yeah. um, I have an OKR Lean Coffee. Yeah, a monthly uh, format that's an hour long. It's the fourth Tuesday of the month. Okay. Um, yeah, we also have a LinkedIn group. So Good. So I will put all the information about this uh, in the show notes. Yes. And notes. we were talking about strategy and motivation. And I would like to know, because you're a coach, you're a workshop master, how do, how, uh, do you keep you motivate or... Uh, how do you keep you um, um, curious to learn other things and what kind of things or what kind of training do you do for yourself to yeah to uh, improve your skills generally and to bring new skills that are good for your customers? Right. So how do I stay motivated? Uh, just because it's so much fun yeah. uh, and it's so rewarding. Uh, not all workshops are um, super smooth and super fun and everyone loves OKRs. <laughs> um, and I love these hard conversations too. Yeah. Um, and yeah, so when I, when I switched from my previous job to this, I wanted to find something that I didn't want to retire from. Mm -hmm. And I think I found it because this realm of, facilitation, coaching, helping teams and organizations and individuals um, is so broad and there's so much to learn. Um, and it's so cool. It's just so fun. And um, so my so my love is always for, um, like I hold a special place in my heart for the OKR masters or any other role that that wants to, um, you know, like support teams. Yeah. And um, supporting teams and helping teams develop and each team member develop is something that I look into a lot because, um, well, when you start working with OKRs, it's always organizational and team development that go hand in hand. Um, and even if you don't work with OKRs, team development, like self-management, um, accountability and, and so on is so important. And, um, that's where I focus my, my own training right now. Um, so currently I'm in a training for, uh, the loop approach, uh, which is, um, it was coined by a consultancy in Berlin. Mm -hmm. Um, um, I love them very much because their approach is like very human centered and makes a lot of sense. Um, and they really think about how they handle their own organization with, um, uh, employee, um, like employee, um, 
accountability and shareholding and stuff. And uh, I'm happy I, I, I got a spot in their uh, Loop Fellow um, training this year. And so I have my final modules in Berlin in September. Nice. Yeah. So I can help teams even better. Even better. Even To better. get better. Better to get better. <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much. Um, thank you so much to to be my guest. It was not planned. We just planned a nice afternoon in Karlsruhe in the south of Germany. Yeah. And it's, uh, I it's got nice. you here. <laughs> <laughs> you lured me here. Yeah. For a podcast, it, it was really, really insightful. Oh, thank I you. I love that. Thanks for having me. <laughs> thank It's you, nice. Sandy. It was really a great pleasure to edit this episode again and to listen to our conversation. A huge thanks to you, Sandy, for sharing such invaluable insights with all of us today. For those who want to dive deeper into Sandy's work and get in touch with her, I've got you covered. Check out her LinkedIn profile and her official website. I've dropped the links in the episode description as well as a link to the book Drive by Danielle Pink and also the link to the YouTube video she mentioned about intrinsic motivation. Joining us in the next episode will be David Finnegan, a mastermind when it comes to design sprints. David's not just any facilitator, he works closely with product teams and organizations, but he's been also leading for a while the workshop master coaching calls so he knows also what are the challenge of many facilitators he will give us a few tips and tricks about that so mark your calendars and gear up for another insightful episode in two weeks with david finnegan and until then i wish you good health happiness and lots of success au revoir <laughs>